1: cross the deserts there man i breathe the mountain air man I travel i've had my share man i've been everywhere
0: get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025 that's 1-800-387-8025 or email the show at info at and now the savvy traveler himself rudy maxa
2: Welcome back to America's Most Widely Syndicated Radio Travel Show. I'm your genial radio show host, Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. And before I tell you what's coming up this hour, I would like to invite you to subscribe. I would like to invite you to subscribe for free to my new weekly travel newsletter. I write it all. It's short. It's to the point. You don't have to jump to other pages. It's one page. And every week I pass along some travel advice that I think, I bet, at least several times a year, you'll learn something that will save you money. Even if it only happens once and you save three or $400, worth it. So if you plan to travel in the next year, in the future, feel free. Uh, I share some anecdotes and personal notes about my travels. I'm doing a thing right now and where I'm eating these days in Los Angeles, some of the uh, restaurants I've found in my uh, the time I spend out there. Um, I think you'll find the newsletter interesting from time to time. Very simple, comes only once a week. Not going to send you anything else. Not going to clutter your newsletter, your your mailbox. Sorry, I know we all get a lot of mail. Anyway, all you have to do is send me an email with the word "subscribe" in the subject line, and zip it off to Rudy at RudyMaxa.com. R-U-D-Y-M-A-X-A. Rudy at RudyMaxa.com, and you get the newsletter free of charge once a week. Just sent out our sixth one yesterday, I believe. How do you like cheese? Feel, how do you feel about cheese? A lot of people who like cheese a lot. Well, why not consider a tour of Vermont's cheese producers? That's exactly what journalist Rebecca Flint Marks did for the Wall Street Journal recently. She's going to join us right after the news to tell us how things went and offer some advice on how you can develop a cheesy trip of your very own. Then we're going to sit down with our in-resident commercial pilot, Patrick Smith. He's going to discuss the recent, uh, well, he's going to discuss his viewpoint on the aftermath of the Malaysia Airlines Flight 17 crash. He's also going to talk about the so-called crash cluster that uh this phenomenon of three airline crashes within a very short period of time that unfortunately we experienced uh in the last month. I want to know how those events affect a pilot. Do they redouble their efforts to fly safely? What do they tell their friends who express concern about flying? I'm going to keep them on for an extra segment. Uh speaking of which, these accidents, investigators finally made it to the crash site of MH 17 in eastern Ukraine on Thursday. On Friday, Forensic specialists finally began working, they spent about a couple hours combing through some 270 square feet, 270 square feet only, of victims', victims belongings. Even while the Ukrainian troops and Russian separatists were shelling each other nearby, um, they did find body parts. The crash investigation right now is made up of, uh, the team is made up of about 70 Dutch and Australian experts. Both the Netherlands and Australia had a lot of its citizens on that doomed flight. They uh, reportedly established a base in a school, in a sports complex, and a clinic in the city of Solodar. Their hope is to have five teams of 20 experts at work by Monday, so that would be about 100 people. Uh, fighting in the area may spoil or at least curtail their plans. I did note <laughs> the Russians volunteered to send crash experts to help, an offer that didn't exactly get a warm response from anyone on the other side of the border. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, the U.S. government warned its citizens not to travel to Guinea, Liberia, and Sierra Leone, the three West African countries that are combating an outbreak of the Ebola virus. More than 700 residents of those countries have fallen victim to the usually fatal disease. It's not always fatal, but it sure is a lot. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Atlanta says the risk of Ebola reaching the U.S. is very small. Well, of course, this weekend, two Americans who came down with Ebola in Africa are actually here in the United States for the first time that Ebola has ever been on in uh, U.S. soil, Um, but certainly Ebola as something that is being spread is not in the United States. But it is of interest to note that the last time Uncle Sam told us to avoid visiting a country for health reasons was 10 years ago with the outbreak of SARS in Asia. Remember that, that that, uh, bird-driven or bird-carried flu called SARS? I was interested to learn this week that the CDC has got about two dozen staffers in West Africa to help try to control that outbreak, and they're planning on sending another 50 more medical professionals to Western Africa there in the next month. While I'm on the subject of African travel, let me say something. Last year, the Food and Drug Administration warned that a common antimalarial drug whose trade name is larium can cause serious neurological and psychiatric side effects. Now, this is a drug commonly prescribed for folks about to visit Africa. You're supposed to take the pills for two weeks before departing for the continent, to ward off malaria. Uh, I've done that several times. That may explain my mental condition. Uh, but lately, there have been some concerns expressed about larium. I met a world traveler just about a month ago at uh, the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. He and his wife and daughter, college aged daughter, had visited Africa two years ago. They took the larium regimen before they went. But two weeks after returning from Africa, his wife began feeling extreme pain in her extremities. It was agonizing. To touch anything with their fingers. It was torture to don a pair of reading glasses. Shortly thereafter, her husband awoke to debilitating pain in his joints. He could barely move. And soon after that, their daughter experienced, I don't know, it was like a 28 pound weight gain in a couple of weeks. Mayo Clinic decided the culprit was larium. Actually, they went to clinics all over the world. Um, they're a fairly wealthy family, they have their own private jet. Uh, they wound up being treated for the last couple of years uh, at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. That's where I ran into this family. Now, Larium's manufacturer, which is Roche Pharmaceuticals, no longer sells Larium in the U.S., but there are generics that have the ingredient that is the problem in Larium, mefloquine it's called, M-E-L-F-O-Q-U-I-N-E, mefloquine. It's the third most prescribed anti-malarial drug pres- in the United States. Now, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, but I've got to tell you, I'm not going to take anything with mefloquine in it next time I need to take anti-malarial pills. The Transportation Security Administration wants your help. It wants to shorten lines at airport security points. It's offering you cold, hard cash if you can come up with an idea that works. Now, the TSA will award a total of $15,000 to individuals who can come up with ideas on how to better handle lines. The agency promises at least one recipient will receive $5,000. The others can receive $2,500, up to a total of $15,000. dollars i got to tell you, I'm not real impressed with the award amount. I think about how much Uncle Sam spends on studies, years and years of studies, millions of dollars. Compare that to the $15,000, and it's not a big deal. But I think if you or I can come up with a winning idea, we ought to be talking at least $100,000 as a thank you chart fee from the United— from, you know, thank you from a grateful nation, as Esquire used to say in its Dubious Achievements Awards. Maybe they still do. But then again, I'm not charged charge of the TSA. Anyway, we already have lines at larger airports for first-class flyers, elite-level flyers, TSA pre-registered flyers. Some airports have lines for active military personnel, airline crews, passengers in wheelchairs— so what haven't the bureaucrats at the TSA in D.C. thought of? Frankly, I think the TSA ought to start by hiring staffers with common sense or at least empower existing staff to use their common sense. How many times do we just hear these plain stupid stories of TSA agents overstepping their bounds or simply leaving common sense aside while delaying a passenger? Having said that, I have encountered hundreds of very efficient, very professional, and very agreeable TSA Agents. So I'm not. Uh, I don't want to paint anybody with a broad brush stroke. Um, do I have time for another news item, Jeff? Before we start, what do we got here? Twenty seconds left. If you're flying in and out of Finland's main airport and got a mobile phone turned on, you're being tracked. Helsinki's airport is the first in the world to track passengers using pings from cell phones with Wi-Fi turned on. So if your cell phone's got Wi-Fi turned on, you'll be tracked from your parking lot to the departure gate. Airport says it's to. uh... Get people to, uh, to to figure out how, where people are the most so they can eliminate lines. Hey, we'll be right back in Rudy Max's World. Don't go away. We'll start talking travel with the guests.
0: Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025. We'll be back after these messages.
2: Everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbitz Rewards program, the payoff comes just as quickly. Earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com slash rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com slash rewards or look under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com.
3: If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4.
0: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled.
3: For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com.
4: Truecar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, Truecar users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the Truecar Certified Dealer Network. Truecar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to truecar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then, register at truecar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, simple just print out your true car savings certificate and take it to the true car certified dealer for a better hassle-free car buying experience remember every day true car users receive negotiation free guaranteed savings save time save money and never overpay visit truecar.com today that's truecar.com
0: The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at rudymaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa.
2: Welcome back. And this segment of Rudy Maxa's World is brought to you by our friends at orbits.com who say everyone knows vacations are instantly re- rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbits Rewards programs, the payoff comes just as quickly. You'll learn free hotels faster. Well, you'll earn dollars to apply to hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages that you buy on Orbitz. You'll learn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. So join Orbitz Rewards today at orbits.com rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's orbits.com rewards. Or you can look at the radio show's website, rudimaxa.com, under sponsors. So we talk about all kinds of travel, and I was reading the Wall Street Journal just, just the other day. And Rebecca Flint Marks, whose day job is senior editor at San Francisco's uh, City Magazine, called San Francisco Magazine, wrote a piece on the Vermont Cheese Trail. And she spent five days, five days, count them, sort of meandering through the gorgeous Vermont countryside, I presume it was gorgeous, I presume it was, uh, it was green, it wasn't the middle of winter, uh, visiting cheesemakers. Uh, Rebecca welcome to the show nice to have you here I want to hear about this trip how did you decide this uh, th- 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 did you read something about it or did you just
5: well you tell I me. actually learned about it from a cheesemonger back in New York City um, and she told me all about this trail and I was obviously pretty intrigued because I love eating cheese uh, so that's how I found out about it and um, you know the Wall Street Journal was was nice enough to let me do it
2: and now, is this an organized uh, uh, a tr- cheese trail?
5: Um, I think organized is kind of a generous term. I would say that it's known. Uh, basically, what it is is the Vermont Cheese Council puts out a map uh, okay. that you can find online. And so, you know, they, they'll post where you can find these places and give you the contact information. But it's really up to you to make your own trip. Um, there's no, like... You know, central office <laughs> where they're like telling you where to go or anything like that.
2: Got it. And what kind of cheese? What's your favorite uh, kind of cheese? My
5: favorite kind of cheese, uh, I would just say cheese, honestly. Um, but more <laughs> specifically, uh, I like any kind of like hard, like goat milk
2: kind of cheese. Got it. I do. I just have a daughter who's yeah. just been. I ever since she she's thirty eight now, but when she was, I mean, to this day, I mean, she can do an entire wheel of brie in one sitting. It scares the oh, yeah. out of me. But, uh,
5: <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> and been what
2: season well. did you do your trip?
5: I was there in August. So uh it was quite warm. Um it was actually unusually warm even for Vermont August. Um, and it was it was just beautiful. Uh you know, trees were out, flowers were out, it was gorgeous.
2: Is this a trip you can take year round?
5: Yeah, you you know, you could. Uh the only thing is is you know, some farms probably won't be open to the public in winter. Um the other thing is, I don't really know if you would want to drive through Vermont in the winter, given how incredibly cold it is. Um, right, not for everybody.
2: Right. So, All right. Yeah, so I recommend the summer. <laughs> so I gather from reading your piece that there are various levels of sophistication in presenting to the public uh, on the part yeah, of these right. cheesemongers. But I do love right. the Fat Toad right. Farm. I love that name right there.
5: Oh no, that was actually you know one of my very favorite places on the trail. Um, you know, and really though, obviously the only place that doesn't actually make cheese and make uh, goats milk caramel, which is called Uh and that place was a lot of fun for for various reasons. So The family who runs it, uh, the Reeds, are just incredibly nice people, and it's also. You really have to work to find the farm. It's uh, down a number of very small roads. There's lots of wrong turns. When you get there, you really feel like you've, you know, accomplished something. So it's, it's it's a lot of fun. I recommend that very highly.
2: Can I'm sorry. Can you tell me that? Did you say goat's milk caramel cheese?
5: I did. Yeah. So cajeta, it's it's actually something that's widely found in Mexico. Uh, you don't find it a lot in this country. But what it is, it's just. You take goat's milk uh, and you essentially you just boil it down until it forms this like very thick, rich, uh, luscious caramel, and it is unbelievably good. Uh, so I, I feel like this is something people should know more about. Uh, but the Reeds do a very good job of it uh, in their tiny little corner of Vermont.
2: Wow, have you ever seen that outside yeah. of perhaps even you know Vermont uh, in a retail setting? Uh, that-
5: it's very rare. I mean, you can sometimes find it in, um, like, Mexican bodegas in New York. Um, but even then, you know, I've I've looked, and I, I've had a hard time finding it. So this is, yeah, it's, it's a pretty rare delicacy, I would say.
2: Well, what I'm trying to get is I want some. Do you think they mail order? I'm, I ask that seriously.
5: <laughs> yeah, 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 they definitely do. Um, I'm pretty sure they ship all around the country, so all you would have to do is, is go to their website. They have a very nice website uh, with an online shop, so... Yeah, you should you should go there immediately and, and get your hands on some. It's totally worth it.
2: All right, that uh, that that again is uh, Fat Toad Farm. If you weren't paying attention, but uh, goat cheese caramel got your attention. Fat Toad Farm. I'm sure it's easy to find their <laughs> website. My guest is Rebecca Flint Mark. She's a senior editor with San Francisco Magazine, and uh, she did a freelance piece for the Wall Street Journal. Title: Let me go to the what was the headline? It was uh, "Driving Vermont's Very Tasty Cheese Trail." Subtitled: "The network of artisanal local cheesemakers is a delicious and scenic excuse for a New England." Road trip. I, I am a big believer in a quest on a trip, um, to, to have a reason to get involved with the local community, to really be there for something other than saying, "Wow, it's really the hills are gorgeous here in Vermont." And I, I, can, I think this is a terrific, terrific trip. But you said it took you five days. Is that because you were taking a leisurely tour as a reporter, yeah. or?
5: Yeah, you, know, you could take a lot more than five days. Vermont is not a big state on the face of it, but if you're driving around little country roads looking for farms that aren't always easy to find, it can take you quite some time, especially if if you want to do most of the state, which I, which I did. I wanted to make a big loop, you know, going from south to north uh, to east, uh, Back down again, um, and so yeah, it, it took five days. And honestly, I had to cut several places out of the itinerary plan just because, you know, again, when you when you see Vermont, you're like, oh, it's, it's not going to take me any time to, to drive this. But it really, you know, between just how small the roads are, and there's a lot of construction still from Hurricane Irene because you know a lot of a lot of roads were washed out. So in certain parts of the state, you know, you'll still get, or at least last August, you would still find a lot of backup tied to construction. Um, so it really can take quite a while. Um, so I would say to anybody who wants to do this, plan carefully uh, and you know, give yourself plenty of time, like more time than you think you'll need to do it because it, it really can add up quite a bit.
2: And if you're f- flying in, it looks like Montpelier would be the the, city, the town to fly into and then rent a car and go from there if you're coming from a, far away, right?
5: Yeah, yeah, or you could fly into Burlington. It, it just okay. depends like what part of the state you want to be in, yeah.
2: All right. Now, a couple of these cheesemongers actually teach courses in cheese making. Did you attend either right. of these?
5: You know, I did. Um, initially, this story, uh, my editor wanted me just to go to Vermont and take this class, um, and so that's that's what I did. Uh, this couple, Larry and Linda um, they yes, they are. They they make cheese at their farm, uh, Three Shepherds Farm, which is near. I believe it's near Warren, Vermont, but they also teach cheese making classes uh, all around the country and also in Belize. You can you can go to Belize and take one of their cheese classes if you want to. But they, in
2: Belize video. in Central America?
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The same Belize That famous yeah, cheese making yeah. country? <laughs> right. I you know, I'm not entirely sure how they ended up doing a class down there. I think they just love visiting and, and somehow just you know, ended up being a place they, they taught a class. But you know, good good for them. Who wouldn't want to go make cheese and believe? Uh, but yeah, I did it in Vermont, and they yeah, it was a it was a three day class, and it was extremely comprehensive. We made a number of different kinds of cheeses, um, and it was at this very nice uh, inn called the Round Barn Inn. And yeah, you, you just show up and you spend all day making cheese, and and you get up and do it again the next day, and it's a lot of fun.
2: Have you made it since?
5: Uh, no. Well, I mean, ricotta is really easy to make. So yeah, I've I've made ricotta, but I mean, like mozzarella and pharmacies, and, and uh, we even made a, a Gouda. Uh, that's not really the kind of stuff you, you just sort of casually wake up and make one day. That's true, planning, true. Which, yeah. <laughs> well, so, Rebecca, I
2: appreciate <laughs> Rebecca, we're going to put a link to your Wall Street Journal piece on my Facebook fan page, which is Rudy Maxa Travel Leisure, as opposed to just Rudy Maxa, which is, God knows how many people are on that personal page. I didn't I don't know a lot of them. So. Anyway, we'll have a link to Rebecca Flint Marks' piece. It's called Driving Vermont's Very Tasty, very tasty Cheese Trail. Um, and it just appeared recently in the Wall Street Journal. And I'm delighted you could join us, Rebecca. Thank you very much.
5: Well, thanks for having me.
2: I love cheese. I love cheese. Quick deal of the week before we come to a break here. the Harbor, On Harbor Island, the Bahamas is a very nice resort. And it is offering an end-of-summer package um, it's called the Pink Sands Resort, and they're offering a very nice package, Cottage accommodations with outdoor patio and private entrance, uh, one three course fixed price dinner for two at Blue Bar on Harbor Island, a famous oceanfront restaurant there. All your beach water sports rentals, including ocean kayaks, paddleboards, snorkeling and gear, airport and water taxi transfers from North Eleuthera, where I guess you go into. Uh, this end of summer package rates begin at 599, 599 a night. call it 600. 49 if you want an ocean view. Uh, really easy to find out just look for Pink Sands Restaurant and you can find out about the end of summer uh, package for stays between August 22nd and September 2nd we'll be right back call now to talk to Rudy Maxa
0: at 800-387-8025 you can also email the show anytime at
2: info at rudymaxa.com Everybody knows vacations are instantly rewarding. Instant relaxation, instant tan lines, instant margarita buzz. With the Orbitz Rewards program, the payoff comes just as quickly. Earn free hotels faster when you earn rewards instantly on flights, hotels, and vacation packages. And you can earn even more when you book on the Orbitz mobile app. 5% on hotels, 2% on flights. Join Orbitz Rewards today at Orbitz.com rewards and get instant vacation gratification. That's Orbitz.com rewards or look
3: under sponsors at RudyMaxa.com.
0: To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to rudymaxa.com.
2: Here's Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. It's 33 minutes after the hour. If you'd like to subscribe to my new newsletter, it's free. It only comes out once a week. It's very simple, very straightforward. I write it all. Travel tips, how to save some money, some anecdotes along the road with me. Just send me an email, put subscribe in the subject line or newsletter in the subject line and just send it to rudy at rudymaxa.com. Dot com. We talked to Mike and Ann Howard not long ago about their honeymoon. This wasn't your your parents' honeymoon. It wasn't your average honeymoon. They didn't think a 10-day honeymoon was enough, so they went on a two-year-long honeymoon, and they now have a uh, very ambitious website up called Honey T-R-E-K, HoneyTrek.com, and if you're thinking of going various places around the world, you might want to read their first-person pieces. I've been browsing it uh, this week, and um, Laos and Thailand seem to be their particularly Thailand, seems to be their homepage uh, specialties. They have gotten so good at uh, honey trekking that they've decided to consult with folks who might like to do what they did. And they will consult with you on Skype for tens of thousands of dollars. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Um, uh, Mike and Ann Howard, welcome back to the show. Nice to have you here.
6: Thank Thank you. Good to be here. It's it's an honor to be back,
2: Rudy. So how do you, how do you, so let's, I just joked about tens of thousands of dollars. Let's clear that up. So someone says, you know, how did you guys do it? So you'll spend some time on Skype and they'll send you a check for what?
6: Well, if you want to jump right to it, it's, it'll be 300 bucks for our, for our main course. And it is, it's one-on-one sessions. We send them a full detailed questionnaire about their dreams, their goals, their route, their budget, how long they want to go, where they are in life. And then we tailor this course completely to them. And it's a one-on-one Skype session for anywhere from three to four hours. And then we also give Whoa. them email support, phone support.
7: And there's actually different oh. levels of courses. You can be, if you just have you know, questions and answer session, we could do an hour long. There's a three hour. And Got then it. for soup to nuts, there's a, a two session course. Uh, that's $600. Boy, for- it
2: sounds like parts therapy as, long, as well as travel advice.
7: It's true. It's kind of in a way, it's sort of life coaching. It's a huge step to take to say, hey, I'm going to maybe put my life on pause for a moment and take this valuable time for myself to go travel the world. I mean, there's no greater experience than travel in terms of learning and and your own self improvement development. So yeah, we we help people go through the moment of you know how would I potentially quit my job, rent my house, um, start budgeting for something this massive. What do I what do I pack? Where do I go? There are so many questions that run through your mind, and that's why, largely why we started Trip Coaches because when we were planning. We just wanted to talk to somebody who'd done it, somebody who could break it down and explain exactly what you need to know because there are plenty of blogs that talk about long-term travel, but it's a lot of noise to cut through and I just needed that hand-holding personally. And now that we have learned so much from you know, tried and true um, you know, real-life experience on the road, we want to share the best of what we learned to make more people feel confident enough to take this leap and have a smooth, affordable, um, epic trip.
2: Sure, and I, I presume not only how to do it, but what, what to avoid. Uh, Mike and Anne, how long, how long have you been married now?
6: We got married in 2011.
2: So just and you were on the road for years. two years, so you're just back, really. I mean, yeah. how's the marriage going, by the way, after two years on the road?
6: Right.
7: I mean, there's no bonding experience like traveling. We've spent 24 I'm hours so in a day. I'm so glad you
2: said that, Anne, because if you had said terrible, this would have turned into a whole different show. True, you know? This would have turned into, you know, Dr. whatever his name is. Um, so tell, so I, I can see how helpful this can be. Give me an idea, because we just have such a short time here, Of one or two little things that you warn people against as opposed to proposing.
7: Well, the around-the-world ticket was one that we assumed you would do to take a long trip like this. That's actually sure. the worst thing you could do. It's infinitely more expensive. It's actually very restrictive. And instead, I mean, one of the great things we can teach people is mileage hacking, how we traveled mm. around the world, all of our long-haul flights from L.A. to Johannesburg, from Nairobi to Kathmandu, all all on miles. And um, and
6: that is, that's a big part of our course. Like, aside from just teaching people how beautiful it is and how to travel in this, like this different and organic way. We, you know, I'm really, and both of us are just really about saving people money and teaching them how to budget for a trip, how cheaply they can do it. We did our trip for $37 per person per day. And that included flights, hotels, scuba diving, everything all in. And so we teach them how to do it cheaply. And then on the mileage, like Anne was saying, we guarantee everybody taking our course, is going to earn at least two flights from the skills we teach them. So that helps compensate because we, you know, we take that $300 seriously. We're travelers ourselves. We know it's not a drop in the bucket, but mileage tips and credit card tips. I mean, we saved over $9,500 on flights alone from mileage. And we saved about $2,500 in credit card and ATM fees. And we basically teach people how to apply those skills to their own trip, even if it's just a three-week trip, hey, a free flight, to Asia is is a valuable thing.
2: It certainly is. Wow. And $74 a day for the two of you. That's inc- on average. That's incredible. Yep. Well, if you'd like to talk to Mike and Ann Howard and take advantage of their experience and their expertise, just go to Honeytrek, T-R-E-K, Honeytrek, all one word, dot com. And along the top of the homepage, you'll see Trip Coach. And if you click on that, uh, you can look at long-term travel or honeymoon travel or Trip Coach packages, um, as well as uh, you'll see right on the homepage their personal accounts of various parts of the world thank you both for stopping by
7: thanks for having us rudy
2: thanks rudy bye-bye bye-bye we'll be back here in rudy max's world right after this break we're going to talk with patrick smith our ask the pilot expert
0: Rudy Max's World is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com.
3: If you've got aches and pain and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to Dave talk about Relief Factor 4.
0: I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor 4 and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled.
3: For more information or to order Relief Factor 4, Go online at relieffactor4.com. That's relieffactor4.com.
4: Truecar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, Truecar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features not available in all states. In the first three months of this year, over 126,000 cars were sold by the Truecar Certified Dealer Network. Truecar users save an average of $3,078 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow three easy steps. First, go to truecar.com and find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then, register at truecar.com to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third, Simple. Just print out your True Car Savings Certificate and take it to the True Car Certified Dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time, save money, and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com.
6: Your daughter
2: just joined the band and needs an audience.
5: Mom, Dad, I'm ready now!
2: Immediately. Now is definitely not
0: the time for a headache. That's why you want fast acting Advil. It has fast absorbing Advil ion core technology and goes to work in minutes. Fast acting Advil
2: quickly relieves your toughest pain so you don't miss a beat. Try fast acting Advil. Find it in the white box.
7: Every summer we go to Canyon Woods. Love getting outside. Love the hiking. Hate the itching and the irritation from poison ivy, bug bites, all the things. But keep me inside, so I need something strong.
3: Cortisone 10 intensive healing is clinically proven with the strongest
2: non-prescription itch medicine available for fast, long-lasting relief of itching and irritation with seven moisturizers to help heal skin.
7: I finally have the relief I need. Hey, Jan, check this out. On my way.
2: Cortisone 10, feel the heal. Are you suffering from itchy skin? It's terrible. The itch you can't seem to scratch, being miserable and uncomfortable, you just want immediate relief that lasts. You need TriCalm. It's new and not like the same old itch products in your medicine cabinet. Dermatologists recommended TriCalm relieves itchy skin in minutes and it's backed by the itch free guarantee. If TriCalm doesn't stop your itch, just mail them the empty tube and they'll send you a full refund. Tricalm comes in a blue and white box in the first aid aisle at CVS, Walgreens, and other fine retailers. Get Tricalm today and get relief. Hey.
5: Get out the
3: map, get out the map and lay your fingers.
0: To participate in the program, call now at 800 387 8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa.
2: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Nice to have you here. You know Patrick Smith. He's a frequent guest on the show. He is a pilot for a major U.S. airline that uh, it's probably politic not to name. And he, more importantly, curates and writes the blog, askthepilot.com. He's got a new book out. It's called Cockpit Confidential, and you can find a link to that at askthepilot.com. And we're going to ask the pilot. I have not talked to Patrick yet. He's been flying flying a lot, and uh, he hasn't been available to talk about the Malaysia Airlines crash. And I wanted to get his take on this. The first question, of course, Patrick, and, and it's certainly been chewed about a lot in the in the media, but I, I, I again, want to hear it from you this whole, uh, this whole question of flying th- over a war zone, um, and it's a little unclear to me, were, were, would, were U.S. airlines, had they been told to stay away from uh, uh, of that part of uh, Ukraine?
1: Uh, no, contrary to what a lot of people were reporting. Uh, first of all, very few U.S. air carriers have routes that go over that part of the world at all. They're just a couple. This is mainly a factor for the European, Asian, Middle Eastern airlines. Uh, there was an FAA directive to avoid a certain area of Ukraine, but it was further to the south from where the Malaysia plane was shot down. It had to do with the conflict over who, which ATC facility had jurisdiction. It wasn't uh, necessarily a safety issue.
2: All right. Were you, when you first heard the news of the shooting down of uh, Malaysia Airlines Flight Seventeen, what was your immediate thought? Well,
1: my immediate thought actually was poor Malaysia Airlines. Yeah uh here's this uh you know very highly respected carrier one of the the best carriers in the world in terms of service and reputation and reliability and here they've suffered two uh, losses of wide body aircraft in less than a year um that's you know really uh, remarkable and, and and horrible and although i feel that neither incident um was really in any way the airline's fault. Of course, we don't know for sure what happened with the disappeared uh, Malaysia 370, but I I tend to think uh, there wasn't any culpability there. And, and of course, there wasn't with respect to the Um, shoot-down. Nonetheless, um, once the litigational aspects of this begin to to spin, uh, things like this can bring an entire airline down. And already we're hearing that Malaysia Airlines may be changing its name and remember back to Pan Am 103, for example, um, sure. you know, it wasn't their fault that uh, Libyan operatives put a bomb on the airplane, but still, that was, uh, a lot of people feel the, the final nail in Pan Am's coffin and helped to destroy the airline.
2: And didn't now, Korean uh, Air change its name after it was straight into Soviet uh, airspace and was shot down?
1: Sort of. Uh, KAL, KAL, Korean Airlines, eventually became Korean Air.
2: Right, um, right.
1: Basically the same company. Um to the point i just made a lot of people are saying well uh, what was malaysia airlines doing in that airspace in the first place you know shouldn't they be responsible for flying in danger in a danger zone where they shouldn't have been and the answer to that is uh, no that airspace was legal and open to commercial traffic and they were one of many airlines operating through there five minutes later it could just as easily have been a lufthansa plane that had been shot down Mm -hmm. and Um, what have
2: you And what have your thoughts been in these long, agonizing days during which investigators have not been able to get to the debris field?
1: Well, that's just despicable, and I've never seen anything like this. Um, Armed thugs guarding the wreckage and and not letting investigators do their thing and and tampering with the important parts of the wreckage. Uh, uh, It's just just remarkable and, and horrible.
2: I heard last night on BBC, I haven't seen a lot of it in the press, that the Russians volunteered to send some investigators over.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what exactly hey, that means? It, it's right. really unfortunate that there's so much, uh, so many politics dragged into this disaster, which, by the way, is uh, now the seventh deadliest disaster all time. Mm-hmm. And ironically, it replaces uh, another shootdown. That would be the uh, U.S. Navy's shootdown of the iran air aircraft in 1988 which previously was the seventh worst disaster in history and it's it's, it's interesting because three now of the eleven worst disasters air disasters in history were missile shootdowns of commercial aircraft uh, malaysia and, uh, airlines uh, the iran air and uh, the third one being uh, the korean airlines uh shoot down by the soviet union in 1983
2: And two of those three, um, I don't know about the Sylvia ones, but two of them, I mean, the one from the American ship, the Vincennes, was a mistake, too. I mean, they didn't know it was a commercial jetliner, just as we presume – Whoever pulled the trigger on this one didn't know it was a uh, commercial jetliner.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were well, they were all mistakes one way or the other. And uh, meanwhile, uh, importantly, uh, the media has made a big deal of this uh, idea that commercial planes are flying over quote-unquote war zones. Uh, time out. Um, you need to look at each area of the world, each uh, unstable area, independently, on its own, and uh, determine its uh, potential risks. Uh, separately. We, we can't take the Malaysia incident.
2: and yeah. therefore- Patrick, I'm going to interrupt you. We've got to take a break, but I want you to stay through for the next We'll finish that thought when you come back. Hang on. You got we'll, it. You're listening to Rudy Maxa's World. We'll be right back.
0: To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World.
2: Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. We're in the middle of a conversation with uh, Patrick Smith. He's our Ask the Pilot expert. That's the name of his website, askthepilot.com. You can check out his writings there and also get information on his new book called, or his latest book called Cockpit Confidential. And I had to interrupt him when he was talking about this concept of planes flying over war zones. Uh did you want to finish that thought patrick?
1: yeah uh the media made a big deal about planes flying over quote unquote war zones um but w- we can't take what happened over the ukraine and and assume that 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 means that every uh bit of airspace over every unstable area is a disaster waiting to happen. That's simply not the case. You need to look at each area separately and, and evaluate the risks one at a time. And remember that, that it is true. Uh, thousands of planes every day fly over rest of parts of the world, but there are procedures in place, and, and these procedures, while they're important to comply with, are not difficult. And and because this plane was, was unfortunately shot down, catastrophic as that was, that doesn't mean that... Uh, you know, missiles are going to be flying up and, and knocking airplanes out over all these other areas. Uh, that, that's that's not the case. Flying over these areas is, uh, for lack of a better term, term, uh, normal routine. Let's talk
2: about what you, you called in one of your columns a crash cluster, that within the two weeks or, or was it even a week after the Malaysia Airlines uh, flight was shot down, uh, apparently weather affected a prop landing in taiwan and then a spanish airline flying in africa came down over mali perhaps also due to weather and this concept of threes which actually there are there's quite a history of these three air accidents happening within 10 days or uh two weeks there's no i mean there's no rhyme or reason to this though is there
1: it's just a spate of really bad luck and people want to link these crashes together and oh goodness, what do they mean in, in the greater context of air safety? And really not a whole lot. Uh there's a tendency nowadays, because crashes are so rare to begin with, to really fixate on them when they do happen. And three crashes in ten days or whatever it was exactly, yes, that that's unusual, though not unprecedented. Um, but, you know, go back, and, and the example I write about uh, in one of my recent blog posts is uh, the year 1985. Go back to 1985 and have a look. In that one year, there were 27, Rudy, 27 major air disasters that killed almost 2,500 people. Oh, my goodness. You had the second and the fifth deadliest crashes of all time happening within two months of each other. You know, that was a bad year, okay? Uh, And since then, you know, air safety worldwide has become safer and safer and safer. And last year was was the safest year ever on record. And this year will be something of a correction, but I don't see the overall trend changing.
2: When you as a pilot hear about, let's leave aside Malaysia Airlines, because that that was a missile shooting down a plane. I mean, that, you know, uh, talk about crashes that are, are either caused by weather or I'm thinking of the... Bad landing, to put it mildly, of that uh, um, uh, airplane in San Francisco.
1: Yeah, the Fatty, Asiana
2: Airlines. The Wall, the Asiana Airlines. Yeah, hit yeah. the wall before the runway. Do you go on hyper alert? Does it do something to you? Go wait a minute. I got to pay attention here. I mean, I know that's. I know you pay attention anyway. But is there something that changes in the world of professional commercial pilots, um, at least for a short time after these things happen?
1: Well, you. you no, not necessarily. Um, me, what what happens with me is I, I I begin to worry about how the media is going to interpret and and begin to spin these incidents and the mindset that, that is going to create among the traveling public. That's what I worry about more than a particular accident. You know, setting some precedent that that is going to change the way pilots fly. Um, you know, we don't see that sort of thing much anymore because really we we've engineered a way what used to be the most common causes of accidents and and the technology that we've developed has has, you know eliminated a lot of what used to be the biggest threats and i don't know if there are a whole lot of paradigm changes so to speak in the way airplanes are operated uh, waiting to happen
2: do you hear from your passengers? Do you hear people mutter? I mean, do they stick their head in the cockpit, or are we going to be okay? I mean, do you, do you get any sense yeah. at the public? Yes? How? Yeah,
1: there there is an element of that. There is, uh, I, I do sense that in the aftermath, especially when you have a spate like we've just had of, of multiple accidents over a short time. You know, in the greater context, I know that doesn't mean a whole lot, but in the mindset of the traveling public, uh, they don't always interpret it that way.
2: And how do you sense that? Do they actually talk to you about it?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, a vibe in the air sometimes, and and people do come up. There are comments we hear from flight attendants and and gate agents. uh, You know, uh, this person is nervous, and this person wants to know, you know, are we flying over a war zone, that sort of thing. And eventually, as uh, the media kind of moves on to the next uh, wave of, of unrelated stories, that will die down.
2: And do you spend a little more time perhaps talking over the uh, PA system to put folks at, at at rest about certain things, whether you hit some air turbulence or anything?
1: I do, but I, I try to do that all the time anyway. Right. And, uh, you know, I invite people, too, to come up to the cockpit before or after the flight. Um, you are allowed to come on up and pay a visit when that door is open before pushback and again after... Uh, talking in on the other side a lot of people seem to think the cockpit is entirely off limits and 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 that's not true come on up um you know we have some spare time usually before and after a flight and it's it's nice we appreciate when people come up and, and take interest in in what goes on up there and what we do
2: well there you go the nicest spot in the sky uh Patrick Smith uh is the author of the ask the pilot website Check it out because he does some great writing. He really puts the hay down where the horses can get it. I don't, is that a phrase? I don't know if it's right. um, And you can check out his book, *Cockpit Confidential*. There. Thank you so much for stopping by, Patrick.
1: All right, Rudy. Thank you.
2: Coming to the end of Rudy, and uh, the hour of Rudy Max's World. End of the second hour. I want to thank my engineer Jeff Ryder, my producer Janet Deasovina McDonald. Have a lovely weekend. See you next week.